Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport with in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. And we're rolling. Hello and welcome along to episode two of the Inside Try Show. I'm Helen Murray and it's very good to have you back. So thank you so much for listening and for getting involved and supporting the show so far, whether you've shared it on Facebook or commented on Twitter or given Inside Try Show a follow on Instagram. I am really, really grateful. Since last week, I have now had the thumbs up from Apple Podcasts, which is brilliant. So you can now find the podcast in loads of places. It's on in on Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Apple. It's kind of everywhere, which is fantastic because that means more people can listen. And of course, as well, you can listen at InsideTryShow.com. So last week we had Australia's Sarah Crowley on the show. Now she only went and validated her Kona slot in style by winning Ironman Arizona ahead of Heather Jackson and Meredith Kessler. So Sarah, congratulations, enjoy your off season and good luck for when you start up your German classes again. I love it. Loads of people have commented about that interview saying that they really, really enjoyed it, which is fantastic. And I think you're going to enjoy this week's interview as well. I'll tell you a little bit about that shortly. But um, first of all, I wanted to let you into a little bit of a secret in that I'm actually recording this in Australia. I have come to visit my brother for a couple of weeks. And so you might have noticed some things going on in like, I don't know, on social media or whatever in the middle of the night. Um, It's not that I am working 23 hours a day it's that I am on the other side of the world but being here I did think I should make the most of being on the same time zone as a number of amazing athletes and people who've got pretty cool stories to tell so over the next few months you will be hearing a few Aussie 
voices and Aussie interviews, which I think's great. So yeah, I've recorded a couple and I've got one or more, one or two more to do, which is really really cool. Um, and while I've been here, I've been doing bits of work, but it's obviously their summer. And it would be rude not to go and have a little bit of a swim, wouldn't it, in the 50 metre pools. And I just get I get so excited about it because I know at home at this time of year in the UK, I genuinely find it really quite difficult to get out of bed and, and go for an early swim. Whereas here, I've been cycling at like 20 to 6 in the morning out on the bike and it just seems ridiculous but you're not the only one doing it it's it's kind of like the norm so yeah going into the 50 meter pools as well it, it just makes you like swimming and probably last time I, I came back and I was like I want a 50 meter pool I need to go and find a 50 meter pool and I think that the same will happen and it's just so funny isn't it that here every you know there are 50 meter pools everywhere whereas in the UK you are you're lucky to have one within you know an hour's drive so there you go but I will be back um, in the UK for episode three but there's quite a nice Australian theme actually because this week's interview also has a bit of an Aussie theme you might not think that when you first hear it because it is a little bit different in that I was actually able to do it face to face which is always amazing because you can you can just see you can see someone's face and you can pick up on their expressions as well so that's cool and it's also a really brilliant story of someone who like you and I is clearly really driven but she's also set herself a goal and gone for it And I really mean gone for it. She's just got her professional license. And here's the Aussie link. She's going to be making her debut at Ironman Western Australia after an incredibly successful career as an age grouper. But not only that, she's also been working 70 hour weeks in the city in London, which I can't even get my head around that. But that is where I went to grab a cup of tea with her actually that's a lie she had a mint tea and I had a sparkling water (laughs) rock and roll (laughs) it's rush hour in London a lot of people commuting coming down the escalator ready to go home I'm walking up it this is not necessarily the ideal training ground for triathletes but for one woman, well, she's not done too badly around here. I'm with Ruth Burbrook. Ruth, how are you? Yeah, kind of probably struggling a little bit to adjust back to life in the UK. Um, I think like the cold, the dark, I got completely soaked cycling into work this morning, which was not that much fun. Um, yeah, generally been trying to adjust back to working life post what was a really good sort of three weeks in Kona <laughs> and we are back in the in the thick of things this is like right on your doorstep of work you haven't even finished your working day today have you no not yet um although uh, I have to say I've timed everything quite nicely uh with handing all my work off before I went out to Kona not really picking all of it back up because um with my plans for the future I've actually got a lady 
who is taking over my job, who started today. So I've now started handing everything back over to her. Um, so actually, work has been much more chilled out since being back, which is very nice. So normally then, on a Monday, I'm looking at your watch, it says 5.23pm. Normally at this time on a Monday, you would still be in the thick of it, right? In your typical working day. Yeah, I think um, like probably a normal working day would be from sort of 7 to about... 6 6 30 depending on the day so yeah this would still be a still a bit of time to go <laughs> how how have you managed it all it, it, i think it's pretty incredible um i mean I, a few people have kind of said that and i think i don't think it is that hard when you when you know what it is you want and when you don't have other things you know like I don't have kids like people that do it with kids literally no idea how they do that anytime I talk to my sister who has a two-year-old nearly I don't know how to get something done so I think not having kids is massive um I think if you're just organized about it and you know what your priorities are so like I wake up early fortunately I'm a morning person so but early for you is earlier than most people <laughs> Yeah, so it's usually around like sort of four thirty to four forty-five. But again, like I'm, I'm a morning person, so that's fine. Um, and then it's just working out how I can fit stuff into my day. And um, also, like my boss is really understanding. So it's like as long as I get the work done, you know, okay, I can leave a bit earlier if I need to and go and get a training session done. Or uh, you know, I have been able to work from home a little bit. So like, there's lots of little things that, that have helped. Um, but yeah, most of it is. I'm not that social during the week, so if I am social during the week, it's usually because I'm training with someone as opposed to going for dinner or a night out. Yeah, so I guess I've chosen to prioritise training over other things. Do you just feel sometimes like you're not really on planet Earth by the time it gets to 9pm or whatever, and probably even 10pm, and you're just like, right, zonked. Can you, can you talk at that point? Uh, not really. I think I have to, like, probably most weeks... Uh, by the time I get to Friday it's like okay my brain is almost giving up Um, and yeah I think definitely on some of the bigger training weeks because I have had times when they've they've kind of coincided with really busy work weeks and when that happens it's really horrendous and you're just like I really you survive on coffee and yeah you get to the end of the week uh, which often when it's a big work week like that I'll be working through the weekend as well so when you're then trying to do like a long ride a long run all that and working around it and like no chill time you just feel like brain fried um, but I think again it's just you just you know that those weeks aren't like every week uh, and you can kind of get through it and the plus side it means that you can eat as much chocolate as you want <laughs> and have quite a lot of wine as your recovery which I tend to find helps <laughs> Are you pretty careful, sort of, with your diet, given the, you know, given the restricted time that you have, maybe to prepare food and stuff? How how have you done that? Um, so actually, like this year, I've worked with Alan Murchison, which I found really helpful. And um, I have to say, I think actually working with him made me maybe a little bit less, um, I guess, kind of like anal about what I was doing. Like before, I was quite. I'm going to eat this and that and try and be careful on what I'm eating other than like occasional blowouts at the weekends whereas he kind of got me much more into a mindset of you know as long as you're balancing your meals well and actually he had me eating way more carbs than I was eating previously and I found like I generally I felt really much better from it I was training better from it um, and little things like as long as you're organised enough to so things like I would be making his energy balls so I could then have one before I train in the morning 
before that I wasn't eating anything before training in the morning and surprise surprise <laughs> it was quite tough um, whereas when you're then eating something you're like oh I've actually got a bit more energy and I remember messaging Will my coach and kind of saying oh like <laughs> these sessions are all going really well now <laughs> surprise surprise um, so yes yeah, so I think I try and be reasonably careful but at the same time like I really love chocolate uh, and <laughs> and wine and gin so uh I don't like to deny things and I think if you're doing that much training like you should be allowed to treat yourself when you feel like it and, and I know a big thing for you is a bit in the sort of Lucy Gossage book of doing things and it is about keeping it fun yeah definitely so like you see people taking it far too seriously um, or you know occasionally I'll go to one of our tri-club sessions and people would be kind of moaning about their training or stuff and it's like well you are choosing to do it so if it's not fun then you probably want to do something about it you know if I was trying to restrict everything I would have given up probably like three years ago because it, like, it would just be too much like you can't be controlled at work controlled in training controlled at food controlled at everything like you gotta let go, let go sometimes Kona then this year you went in with the goal of becoming overall age group world champion absolutely smashed it was it everything that you had hoped or was it better I think it was definitely better because I think having set that goal and then having my crash uh, at the end of July I actually I kind of I did completely readjust my expectations so whilst there was always in my in the back of my head a little voice that was like oh but it would still be really nice to win wouldn't it I tried really, really hard to keep saying to myself, you know, like, don't get carried away by it. Just got to sort of take it day by day, see what happens. You know, like, if you have a good race out there, brilliant. But if not, like, you've done your best. As long as you think you've done your best, then then that's fine. Which I don't think I would have been fine about, but I was trying to, convi- <laughs> I was trying to convince myself that I would. Um, and so, yeah, so actually, funny enough, like, I didn't really realise where I was properly until maybe like 3k into the run because one of the splits that I got coming back in on the bike uh, someone told me that I was only like a minute ahead of my next competitor so I know it was big way more than that so, so at that point and at that point I was like oh my god like I've kind of killed myself on the bike if they're a minute behind me like <laughs> uh-oh. Uh, and especially because the year before I'd been run down by someone who's about six uh, six or seven minutes behind me so I, I was quite nervous on the run and I didn't really know what my run shape was going to be so then when I got like 3k into the run I saw one of my friends on the side and she was like yeah you've got like a 10 minute lead I was like oh <laughs> okay even then though I was a bit like it's a really long way to go you don't know what's going to happen they might be someone who can run like a three hour marathon which I definitely can't do um and I set off way too like <laughs> I was trying really hard to slow myself down but I kept looking at my watch and I was like still running like four minute 10 pace stop it slow down like but I think the problem with the leaky drive is that a like you feel so good because you're off that bike and it was quite windy on the bike this year so like it did definitely feel like a bit more of a struggle than I say a struggle like it felt harder than last year um and then like you've got the crowds there and and it was just loads of fun and I kept seeing people I knew and that was really great uh and then kind of going up Plani I was a bit like okay like I really do have to try and (laughs) chill out a little bit otherwise I'm not even going to make it to the energy lab um but like fortunately managed to just keep like quite a good pace like the point that I struggled 
it's probably I'd come out of the energy lab I was maybe like 33 34k and I just started getting quite sore in my legs which again not that surprising when you're that far into the run um, but I, I managed to I had a similar experience last year actually where I bumped into a really lovely South African guy bumped into a different lovely South African guy who um, I actually sort of mutually know a bit through my coach and um, and he was a bit like right let's keep this run together and he basically kept me going like we kind of alternated so I got on the front for a bit and he got on the front for a bit and I tried to walk through some aid stations and he was like hurry up come on <laughs> so helpful to have yeah. that so like that really and that stopped me thinking about the fact that my legs actually hurt um, and that kept me going to the finish so I think without that like maybe it would have been a bit of a different story but yeah then crossing that finish line I mean yeah I think I just had like the biggest smile on my face probably for like the last sort of two three k because by that point I was like right unless I kind of collapse now like I should be <laughs> touch wood okay and um, yeah it was kind of like it took a little while to sink in and I think the other thing is uh, like if you're top three you get whisked straight off to doping um, but then I was like up and doping with like Anne Haug and Lucy Charles and we like this is also very cool um, and then my teammate came over in third so she was then up so then we got to kind of celebrate a little bit together um, yeah it definitely took a little while to kind of actually sink in that I'd actually managed to win <laughs> And who, who was, like, the first person that you saw when you crossed that line? Who? Um, well, so the first person that I sort of crossed the line with was this guy that kept me going uh, for that last eight case. And we did, had, did you burst into tears on him? I don't think I did, actually. I think I kind of held it together at that point, because I was still a bit like, did that actually happen? Um, and then when I walked through because I said to them because the mistake I made last year going to doping is I didn't go and pick my bag up so I had no phone or anything so I was stuck in doping for like an hour waiting to pee unable to yes <laughs> surprisingly uh, with nothing and like no way of like talking to anyone and kind of being quite excited and not having anything so uh, I was like I'm going to go get my bag so I went and did all that and my coach Will was waiting with his wife as I sort of came out and so we had a bit of a hug and I had a bit of a cry on him um, but like that was really cool to see him because like, I could kind of see I could sort of see like how proud he was and like almost how much it meant to him as well which is quite nice to see so that was good and when did you and Will first set the goal of age group world champion so like we kind of set it last year because um, I think I think as soon as you start doing races like that, and I think like for me it's always I don't know, like the winning's just fun. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think like last year that was my goal, and then sort of coming quite close last year, I was like, okay, well obviously I've got to try and give it another crack. Although actually, like if I hadn't gotten to the Swift Academy, I probably wouldn't have gone to Kona this year. So really. Yeah, I mean, they paid for it. So. <laughs> uh, I was kind of a bit like, I'm not sure I can really afford to come back um, and do it again without all that support. So that was quite lucky, getting onto, <laughs> getting onto the Swift Academy, <laughs> plus all the amazing stuff we got. Um, but yeah, like definitely this year, like right from the beginning, I kind of said to Will, it's like, if I'm going back to Kona, like, I'm going back to win. And I remember having quite a few chats with him post the crash of being like don't really know if that's now going to be possible um, and he was actually really good because he was kind of saying right you know like you just have to don't think too much about your bigger goals and like think way more about let's just look at every day what training can you do where can you get to uh, like initially it was like let's just kind of get moving again 
funny enough, like Lucy Gossage sent me all the stuff that she had done. So after the, so this is obviously after your bike after, crash. Yeah, yeah. The that was a, that was a funny face there, Ruth, that you pulled then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I think like I was feeling quite sorry for myself, um, and Lucy sent through because I kind of messaged her. Obviously, everyone knows that she had her crash and then came back and did really really well. Uh, so I sort of messaged her, you know, like any tips you've got, what kind of training did you manage to do? And um, she sent it through, and I sort of pinged it onto Will, and I was like, what is this that she's done? Um, I don't think I'm going to be doing that, because I think she went for like a four and a half hour walk the day after surgery. And honestly, the way that I felt after surgery, I was like, I'm not moving. Um, Although, to be fair, then the kind of day after that, I actually felt much better. But that whole in-between bit, she went one-armed swimming in between breaking her collarbone and having surgery did you try it (laughs) i really tried not very much at all in between because it like it really hurt (laughs) Uh, and like just moving it's like anytime i moved i could kind of feel it and oh it's really horrendous so yeah i really did i went on quite a few walks very slow walks um but yeah i really didn't do very much in that bit um, but like Will was good cause, and he's he'd done, done similar the year before um, so he had quite a lot of tips as well of what I could do and what I should try and what I shouldn't With the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky No, no, nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so I suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And in a way, do you think maybe having, you know, clearly not ideal, but having a bit more of a force break then actually motivated you more? And maybe in the long run it was actually beneficial yeah and I think um, like I've had this chat with quite a few people because if you then look at also uh, a lot of the people that are on the podium in the pro race a lot of them have had quite long term injuries or quite recent injuries that they're just coming back from so I think like, there's definitely something to be said about that kind of enforced rest but I think more of it is actually it was then pretty much every day I was like I've just got to focus on what can I do today am I getting better than yesterday rather than I think if I'd had the whole build post Roth into Kona I think it probably almost would have been like too intense and too much and I think especially because I had a good race in Roth I think almost I probably would have got a bit cocky and been like oh it's fine and I just you know tick along whereas like with the crash I was like no like, I'm really going to have to fight for this and it's going to be really hard um, almost like it like a bit of a reality check in a way yeah definitely and so yeah I do think I mean obviously it's hard to it's hard to say because I was in pretty good shape post Roth so could I maybe still be in really good shape slash better shape maybe but 
Um, I think like mentally it was probably quite good for me. So was it always the plan to go to Kona, become overall age group world champion and then get that pro card? Yeah, I think again, I've been sort of thinking for the last few years about when's the right time to take my pro license. Um, Had you applied before and got rejected? Yeah, I applied, what must have been three years ago. It was after I did the 7.3 World Champs in Australia. Um, Because at that point, I was, you know, I was a bit like, I want everything now. (laughs) Let's just go pro and see what happens without really thinking much through. and yeah, I mean, kind of thank God they did, to be honest, because then that meant that I went and did Ironman, and I think actually I'm better at Ironman than 7.3. So, um, so yeah, I kind of, from last year, I was a bit like, okay, I think I'm not too far off being ready, wanting to go pro. It's like, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, well, actually, when I go pro, I want to be, you know, at least have a chance of being competitive, as opposed to literally being dropped off the back of every race. Um, and I think, again, if I hadn't got into the Swift Academy this year, I would have thought about it a bit more for this year. But then I also knew that I wanted to do my current job probably until the end of this year, because then I would have done it for about a year and a half. And that was then quite a good time to, to move on. So, yeah, like when it, as soon as I got into the Swift Academy and I knew I was going to go back to Kona, I was a bit like, right, well, let's go and win Kona overall. And then I feel like I've ticked most of the age group stuff off and I'm, I can feel a bit more confident about going pro and so when it came through the confirmation mm-hmm. what was that bit like I can see this grin <laughs> yeah I mean that was pretty good I think it, 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 it maybe wasn't as exciting as it could have been so I, like, kind of, I knew from Roth that I had the results to, to do it but I guess seeing it then actually come through um, and it was funny because I actually I emailed them to kind of say because again I'm the guidelines around it are all quite it's quite a lot there and it's slightly confusing so I kind of dropped them an email to kind of say I'm thinking about going pro what do I need to do and initially they came back and kind of said well uh, if you're looking to go pro for next year you basically just need to email us again in January Um, then I kind of made a bit of a maybe slightly impulsive decision uh, that I wanted to do my first pro race this year uh, so I emailed them back and was a bit like, I'm actually going to race this year, so can I have it for this year? And then they then they sent it, and that, that was like seeing it come through in writing is is pretty cool. Um, and maybe yeah, maybe a little bit scary now it's actually real because again, it's like I've had this idea of oh I can go and race pro, and now it's like oh I'm actually in less than four weeks going to be standing on the line with a load of pros that I've been looking up to for the last few years. So um, yeah, it's really exciting. What are you most looking forward to about racing in the pro ranks rather than the age group ranks? Um, I think mainly being able to kind of properly see where I rank versus them because like the age group race is such a different race that you know people have kind of said to me oh you know like you would have been 17th in Kona it's like but like it's just a different race I mean like I had so many people to draft off in the swim uh, you know, like, I definitely had lots of fast feet that were pulling me through. Um, you know, if I was in the pro field, I would have been like off the back somewhere in the swim, so it would have been very different. Um, so yeah, so I, like, I'm under no illusion that it's quite a different race. So I think actually to kind of see how do I line up when I'm racing the same race as them. Because um, yeah, then it shows you where can you improve, what can you work on, what's the next challenge, what's the next step, and yeah, and that's kind of something to work at and, and try and get better. 
And really excitingly, you're actually going to be able to recover like a pro. <laughs> yes, which is probably like the best thing. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've actually uh, been in discussions of work pretty much for most of this year actually. It's like the kind of job that I've got. It's like you need quite a lot of notice and it takes quite a lot of time to recruit someone in. So um, initially, I kind of said to them as like, oh, I want to go on sabbatical and kind of take six months and go off completely and just train full time. I've actually reflected on that a little bit and I'm going to go down to just one day a week as of January. Um, I think the more people I've spoken to, it's like actually if you can take a bit of that kind of cost pressure off in that first year, that's probably quite a good thing to do. Um, so I can at least try and cover my, uh, my travel and a bit of race entry. Uh, but yeah, so I think in the lead up to Christmas, it's actually going to be a bit more relaxed because the lady taking over me started today. So <laughs> I've been very happily handing all my work over to her. Um, so I'm going to be working on a few projects up to Christmas. And then, yeah, as of January, it'll be one day a week um, on some quite specific things. So I get to kind of keep my brain ticking over a little bit, um, but then have all that time during the week to train a bit more and, yeah, sleep and recover. <laughs> and do you think that is going to be one of the key things for you, that the sleep and the recovery? Yeah, 100%. I mean, even when I go on training camps at the moment, like my training is so much better because I'm getting like eight, nine hours sleep a night rather than like six. <laughs> so, yes, I think like that definitely I think will be key. Have you spoken to someone like Lucy who about the pro decision and whether to finish work completely, as in whether to yeah. not work at all or whether to keep doing that one day a week to keep the brain ticking over and to have something other to focus on? Yeah, so I've spoken to quite a few people actually that have, that have kind of gone pro or that, have, you know, like went pro a few years ago from uh, kind of pretty full-time jobs um, and it is interesting so like you do get slightly different thoughts around whether you should just completely go full-time I think because I know a few people that kind of went on to sort of like two or three days a week and I think three days a week is a bit harder because it's a bit harder to actually keep that to three days a week whereas I feel like one day a week is quite easy to keep that on that um, but yeah I think most of the advice from people that are used to being so full on is like you you are going to need something other than just training uh, so there's a lot of free hours in the day <laughs> to try and fill um, and I think I'd get a little bit of cabin fever so uh, yeah like the people that I've spoken to that I think are quite similar to me have suggested it's good to to at least have something so first race Western Australia mm. I'm in Western Australia yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I basically decided to keep chasing the sunshine. <laughs> Others do it, it's fine. Yeah, um, I mean, so actually, originally I was meant to be doing Patagon Man, um, and I think part of the thing that helped my decision is that I was up in the lakes and I, I went for a training swim in Lake Windermere, <laughs> and I froze my face off and lasted about 15 minutes, and I was like, I'm just not sure Patagon Man is that compatible post-Kona. No, it's more, I was looking at kind of what are some of the options, like... And actually, because I've recovered quite well from Kona, uh, I thought, you know what, I'm still quite fit. Um, it'd be quite nice to kind of do my first pro race with less pressure, because I think doing it kind of off the back of being an age grouper um, still kind of feels like I'm not really a proper pro, so I can just <laughs> kind of rock up and not have too much pressure or expectation. Uh, and it also gives me time, you know, it gives me that here's the kind of bar, where am I versus it? Because initially, actually, when I was thinking about my pro year next year, 
Uh, I actually, I wasn't really sure that I was going to try and go for Kona, um, but then my result in Kona, I was like, well, like, I'm maybe not a million miles off, so probably I should at least try and go for it and see what happens. So. And you get to keep your bike, don't you, from the from the Zwift Academy? Look at this, like, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, like, I had to. The we get to keep the bike. We get to keep everything they've given us actually which is kind of insane like we've got like the whole wahoo kick up uh, the kicker the fan the desk the, like everything um so yeah I, can't, <laughs> I have no excuses for not having the best kit um so yeah actually the, the big decision is uh, what color am i going to paint my bike oh do we know this yet Ruth? not yet no <laughs> uh, it depends a bit on uh what i end up deciding to do with my kit so I've got a couple of people I'm talking to at the moment about what kit I might go to so that may then influence the colour of the bike interesting and and has you know has being on the team just been a total game changer for you in terms of everything yeah I mean I think just the like the level of support we've had has just been insane I mean it's better than probably I'd say 95% of pros and it's just little things like with the bike having access to all the guys that specialize to be able to just drop them a message kind of say oh I'm not sure about this or what's the best bit of you know what are the best tires I should use or all these like all these little things um so even like when I went to the 7.3 in Nice, like they had a mechanic there and I was struggling with them. So like he completely serviced my bike. Sort of takes the stress away. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then like out in Kona, definitely game changer because they did everything for us. Like we had a chef, we had the houses, we got driven everywhere. I mean, it was just like the most... So like part of me is a bit like I'm not sure I can go back to Kona because it's never going to be as good. Um, Will you be allowed back in the Zwift house though next oh, I'm year? Trying hard. <laughs> I was like, I think you need a mentor that uh, that's just gone pro. <laughs> I mean, Tim and Sarah are great, but I think you could do with the you, you can offer something different that they can't. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm working on that. Uh, we'll see. I think I know the guys at Zwift are keen to try and keep something going in some way because I think obviously with the eight of us that are on the team this year like there's some really good stories in there I think there's three of us that are going pro for next year so it's like actually this they've got some really good stories to try and follow so um, yeah I mean if I can wang on my way back into the Zwift house that'd be epic <laughs> what would you say is the biggest thing or the the thing that you're going to take the most from Tim Dom and from Sarah True as well from Tim it's actually like the thing I take the most from him is that like he still clearly just loves it and because yeah, I was talking to him a bit about his crazy race schedule post Kona I mean obviously he wasn't racing Kona but he then had something like four races in about six weeks like across the country like across the world but you can tell like he just like he loves the whole triathlon scene he loves racing um, and he has he loves like sharing all his like knowledge with everyone so actually like seeing him in that mental role was, was kind of amazing so actually you know, even though he wasn't racing, which you'd imagine would be quite hard as a pro in Kona, he seems to be having a great time. So I think it's again, it's that kind of make sure that you really love what you do. Um, and then I think like from Sarah, like I mean, it's just been like all sorts. I think like she's someone that I've always admired because she just she's not afraid to speak her mind and just kind of say it as it is. But I think probably some of the most helpful stuff I've taken from her is 
actually some of what it's like being a woman in triathlon again like she's talked quite a lot about kind of like hormones and how that affects her and diet and, and all these kind of things um so actually just learning a bit more from her about how she's tackled some of that has been like really interesting but again like she's not afraid to just laugh at herself which is great because a lot of people take themselves far too seriously so um yeah i guess like from both of them it's like don't be too serious what would be your guilty pleasure or what is your guilty pleasure on the turbo you can interpret that question how you want my guilty pleasure on the turbo yeah. it'd probably be putting on just some really terrible music i mean i love some of the little like throwback playlists that you get on apple music i think the other day i had like a 90s one on so you get like a bit of britney and like and then i'm there singing away and i always forget that i usually have the door open and we do have neighbors that are often up at that time because uh, there's, there's an old guy that lives next to us who's up at very weird hours uh, so yeah so it'd probably be singing along very loudly and very out of tune <laughs> to britney spears <laughs> britney spears yeah <laughs> what Three things. This is a random one. What three things would you go to in the fridge? What order would you consume them in? And how would you transition between the three? <laughs> Ooh, um, I mean, I'm, I was trying to think what's in my fridge at the moment, but it's not very much, so that's not very helpful. But um, so it'd probably be Greek yogurt, because I just love it. Uh, usually with a big double uh, peanut butter, but that's not in the fridge, so that doesn't really count. Uh, <laughs> so I guess I'd, I'd start with some Greek yogurt, and I would transition from that to some prosecco, which would be the celebratory drink of choice, and then finally finish off with some lint dark chocolate with sea salt, which actually isn't always in the fridge, but I'll pretend that it's still summer and that's in the fridge as well. Ruth, massive good luck in your complete sort of transition from age group to pro. And thank you very much. I think there's a little bit of tea left. A little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) What a woman. That is the amazing Ruth Purbrook. And Ruth, best of luck for your debut in Australia. We can't wait to follow your professional career. You've got your head screwed on as well, staying, working one day a week and keeping that brain ticking over and... Yeah, I just wish you absolutely all the best. Um, it's going to be fantastic. So if you have liked what you've heard, if you enjoyed the interview with Ruth, then please share it with a friend. Let Ruth and I know on social media. If you want to support the show to help me to continue to bring you the best interviews in triathlon, then it would be amazing if you could buy me a coffee every so often so I can continue to do what I do. You will find all of the details at patreon.com forward slash inside try show. This week, Team Mollart, Annette Edwards, Katie O'Connor and my mum have all become coffee buddies. So thank you all so much. And then Tom Jones, uh, no, um, not that one another one has become a training buddy so he will get a couple of bonus shows over the next 12 months to keep him going while he's training you can find all of the show notes at insidetryshow.com i also want to give a bit of a shout out to another friend of the show this week it's comfuel and comfuel is a bit like a pick and mix 
you know, like the the Woolworth style when you used to go when you were younger and pick out all your sweets. But it's a bit like that, but for sports nutrition. And then it's delivered through your letterbox. So there's no chance of uh, eating it all before you've even got to the checkout. Um, so you basically pick and mix your favourite sports nutrition brands. You can buy in bulk or you can buy however many you want to create your own fuel pack. And then it is delivered straight to your door from Comfuel which means that you have more time to train because you don't need to think about it. And they are also official partners with Precision Hydration. So you can do advanced sweat testing through them as well. Now, I actually met uh, James, one of the co-founders of, of Comfuel. I met him a few years ago and he is such a lovely guy. And he actually supported a duathlon race that we organized a few years ago and then we've kept in touch and when he found out that I was doing this he said Helen I want to come on board and support you as well so I want to support James too you can check them out at comfuel.co.uk so that's k-o-m-f-u-e-l.co.uk and here's what's even better if you use inside try at the checkout you can get 20% off your entire order or advanced sweat test so inside try for 20% off at comfuel.co.uk so James thank you very much and if you can help James if you can support me then it's all one happy supportive sort of group so thank you again for listening i really appreciate it and i hope you've enjoyed it go and check out the show notes connect with me on social media it's inside try show on twitter and on instagram if you want to find out more about me then you can go to my personal website which is helenmurray.net coming up next time on the inside try show I think, I think I'm going to be in Loughborough next time. We'll figure that one out. So until then, keep it fun and we'll speak then. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.